Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The light is definitely shining at St. John's today. What a great way to start the, the new year with singing and scripture that's familiar and thinking about hope. In the auditorium this morning, there's three baptisms. Pastor Mike could hardly contain himself yesterday. He had tears running down his face as this morning about right now he's baptizing his two neighbor children who came to know Jesus through his family and their association in their neighborhood. The light shines on Epiphany Sunday. I went and put my arm around Pastor Mike and said, I love you, man, hang in there. And he even then began to kind of bubble up and he considers himself the crying pastor, but I, you know, give him a run for his money on that. Do you have that favorite place where you like to see the stars? Is there that spot at Lake Havasu where you get on the motor cover the boat, you kind of lay there, and in that dark, dark place, you see the bright, bright sky. And the darker it is on land, the brighter the sky is. Or maybe you like to lay on your back at a camping spot in Big Sur or Northern California, and you look through the shadows of the sequoias and the redwoods, and, and there's this marvelous, marvelous tapestry of of stars and meteors and meteorites and meteor showers and satellites. Maybe you've got that favorite place where you, you look and you say, how could this be so huge? For us in our family, it should make uh, no, no surprise to any of you that when we look to the stars and we really see the stars, we do so in uh, west central Minnesota. There's just something about that. Barb's parents, Jean and Darlene, live out on a farm and and it's dark on the farm. And it's not kind of dark. When the lights go off, the only thing lit is either a porch light or maybe a light back by the barn. But the first couple times our children were of age and they saw that, they couldn't believe looking up. Dad, what's that? It looks like there's clouds in the sky, but it's, but, but, but it's clear. Yeah, that's the Milky Way. We can't see this many stars in California Right, we have pollution everywhere, and part of that is light pollution. There's the Big Dipper, and there's the Little Dipper, and there's the North Star. And you can sit there and look in that sky over and over and over again because it's vast. From horizon to horizon, from pole to pole, it's amazing, the lights in the sky. So it shouldn't surprise us that there were wise men looking into the sky and they had seen something that literally moved them. Instead of looking at the sky and saying, how vast is this creative expanse? They looked and said, saddle up your camels. We got, a, we got something going on. And we're going to follow this star. We're going to follow this cosmic event in a, in a, in a way that's... Uh, we're going to figure out what's at the end of this. And so they loaded up their camels, their caravan, their gifts... And as they went and followed the star, they ran into some darkness. A dark man named Herod stopped them as Thora read. Herod, kind of sneaky. Herod, kind of the, already the king of the Jews, named that by the Roman Empire. Herod, clever and crafty and mean. And Herod, a murderer. Herod, filled with darkness. But there was something about those wise men. Jesus, the Lord, comes to them in a dream and says, don't go back to Herod. Herod would have killed them outright if he would have thought they threatened his throne. That's what he did to people like that. But they were more useful to him and to his dark plan. 
alive, to gain intelligence, to find out about the baby, the new king of the Jews, to find out about the light, what was going on, to find out where maybe he could turn that light off, down, or dim it a bit so that he could stay in the spotlight. Where are you going? Well, we're going to Bethlehem. Well, what's there? Well, we think the king of the Jews. Who are you? Oh, I'm Herod, king of the Jews. So they move and they go. They leave the darkness of Herod's presence and his company and they follow into the light. They follow and they get to finally where the light is sitting over a house in Bethlehem. And there they are at the feet of Jesus, the light of the world. Not a light, one among many. Not a, not a guy in the spotlight for a few moments until the spotlight dims or turns away. But with the light of the world, with Jesus, the one true light. I love that motif of light in John's gospel. If you were going to put another window on St. John's, and I'm not suggesting we should, but if you were, do it after I leave. <laughs> I would go with John 9, verse 5. Jesus heals a man born blind, a man who only knew darkness and didn't know any light. A man who struggled and then Jesus looks at him and puts mud and spit together, puts it on his eyes. The man washes and all of a sudden voices turn to images. All of a sudden things where people would say, well, you look like thus. He was able to look and see and go, oh, yes. The pieces of voices and people who loved him and cared for him gave tone to eyes and noses and mouths and and that big bright orb in the sky called the sun. He maybe felt the warmth of it, but he never saw the beauty of it until that day. And Jesus looked at him in, in his eyes and he looked at Jesus and Jesus says, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John chapter nine, verse five. And again from John's gospel, John writes, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So the light shined in Bethlehem and the, when the world was trapped in superstition and ancient legend. And people looked to the sky to kind of figure out what the future was going to be. And that's how humankind did it in those days. But there was a new light that had dawned. A baby wrapped up in swaddling clothes. That baby wasn't just some humdrum little guy. That was the divine, the son of God. Jesus, God's own light, turned on and tuned in to be ready to go, to bring light to the world covered and shrouded in the darkness of sin. Now, in those days, you paid for your own sin, which was not very convenient. For if your sin was really grievous and really dark, if you did something that was really horrible and hateful, then the penalty for that was super extreme. Eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Lex talionis. You put out my eye, I put out yours. You knock out my tooth, I knock out yours. And the whole ancient world, wise men included, that was how the law worked. A law of retaliation, of guilt and get back. A law of just kind of getting up one point on somebody else so that you are kind of released from the weight or the darkness of that sin. So the light dawns. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And that light was Jesus, the true light of all the world. The light of divine grace that shines in the darkest places that there could possibly be. 
shining into those dark places in our hearts where you and me kind of say, well, I'll stow this sin in this piece of life here in this alley of my heart and no one will ever know. And all of a sudden, the light of Jesus dawns and exposes that sin. And we try to hide it. We try to cover it. We try to diffuse that light in some way to put a shadow on that so we can deny it or get away from it. But for you and me as Christians who follow Jesus, we are not people who live in dimly lit places going from sacrifice to sacrifice, from guilt to guilt, from shame to shame. We live in the light of God's love for us in Christ, the light of the world. And while the darkness is powerful and pervasive, the light shines even more brilliantly in the dark, dark times of our lives. Jesus is the light of the world. The light at Bethlehem, to be sure, for the wise men, but also the light on Calvary, who is the sacrifice once and for all for our sin, whose light doesn't bring fear and shame, but brings forgiveness and peace. For those sins that Jesus exposes, he forgives. Those pieces of life that we hide, he makes clear. And then he resolves them with his love and his grace and his light for you and me. That's the true light that shines in the heart of every person. A light that is so clear when the darkness is so great. And so the story of Mark and Matthew and Luke and John is the story of the light filling the world. It's the story not just of a, of, of a little group of people here in a little tiny place who kind of hoarded the light into themselves. It's the story of a movement that started when the light dawned. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 3. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of of your dawn. Nations will come to the light of Christ and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And so the light shined in places where Jesus went that it never shined before. There was no self-respecting rabbi who would add women into his entourage. It just didn't work that way in those days. Women lived in dark places, considered useful if they could handle the house and raise children and just kind of be quiet and tend to the things that women were supposed to do, but not Jesus. The rabbi from Nazareth, his light shined on the women in his entourage and the women who came to him. They found in Jesus the touch of kindness and the light of love that was unlike any other sort of relationship that they had found. Jesus loved people. He had a place for a woman at a well. He had a place for a woman who was severely ill. He had a place for women at the cross. And it was at the moment of resurrection that the women were the first to the tomb. And Jesus said, go tell the fellas that I'm alive and that I'm going on to Jerusalem. You tell them that. And and so the women went to the men. The first witnesses of the resurrection were those who were closest to Jesus, the women who followed him. A light shined on them in no other way. And a light that shined through two millennia as the Christian church picks up the plight of those who are marginalized. That's what the light does when it touches 
the people living in shadows. Look at what happened in the first century by way of women and women serving in the church. Women being involved in ministry from Lydia to Dorcas, from Eunice to Lois, all led people to Jesus, all played significant roles in spreading the light of the world into the dark, dark place. That's what the light does. And then there's those places where the light shines among marginalized people. Jesus had a place for a blind guy. Jesus had a place for a crippled man at a pool called Bethesda. Jesus had a place for people who were broken in spirit. Jesus had a place for scoundrels like Zacchaeus and Matthew. Jesus had a place for those who were corrupt and those who were hurting. And those who followed him found that the light of sacrifice was better than the light of entitlement. And that following Jesus and giving up the reins and all of the controlling aspects of our lives and following Him in faith made everything else seem dark and dim. Nations and nations of the marginalized have found hope in Jesus. You and me. That's where we find our hope. Especially at the beginning of 2019. I used to always do the math in my head. I'd say, well, when 2000 comes around, that's 1964 less 2000, I'll be 36 years old. And sure enough, I got a 36th birthday in 2000 on March 17th. Worked out good. And now instead of subtracting them, I add them. So 36 plus 19 is 55. March 17th, 2019. And I used to think 36 was old. <laughs> I used to look at 36 and go, man, I'll be so old when that happens. I won't be able to do this and I'll be losing my hair and I'll blah, 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 blah. Right now I'm 54, almost 55, going on about 24 and I feel really good and that feels good. Are you ready for the new year? Do you have that sense of hope? Do you have a sense of anticipation of delight? that the light will shine this new year in places and in ways that it's never shined before. Because that's what living by faith in the light of Christ is all about. I'd love to be able to give you each a document and say, here's, here's your document this morning. Here's, here's what it is for your family. Here's, here's what it looks like for the stewards. Here's what it looks like for the Fenglers and the Sims and the Newcombs. Here's what it looks like for the Steels. Here's what it looks like. And I just give you a document and say, here it is. On December 21st, 2019, don't go to work because it's going to be miserable. But on March 12th, 2019, it's going to be great. I don't have cards. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't have a star chart. I don't have any of those dark things. I just don't do that. But I live in the light as do you. Not looking to the skies to figure out what the future will hold but looking to Jesus, the light of the world, and to the days ahead into which his light shines. And so we have 360 days and some hours that are left for 2019. I could care less how many shopping days. I just know we have 2019 days and some hours left. And I can make you two promises today, two ironclad, rock-solid promises you can hold in your soul through 2019. First, each day your soul will be warmed and softened by the love of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. 
you will be loved each and every day of the year. I don't say that flippantly or with a, a stupid sense because that light was ignited on the cross and that love never grows dim, never grows dark, never grows cold. There's never a shadow that's put across that love. As surely as you follow Jesus and have faith in him, that light of love will shine on you and soften and warm your heart. Where there is light, there cannot be darkness. You will be loved every day of this year. <laughs> Secondly, from one of my favorite scriptures, one of the best pieces of scripture that I hold in my soul, every day I say this passage from Proverbs 69. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord guides his steps. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord guides the steps. I can tell you that we who are Christians receive each day as a gift. Some days are going to be really challenging for you. I know that. I know that because I've been alive for 54 years and so have you. You know that life is going to be challenging. There are going to be those days where you're going to wake up and you're going to say, I know this is coming. And then there's going to be those days where you're going to wake up and think everything's great. And then you get ambushed and you go, I didn't know that was coming. And everywhere in between. In our hearts, we plan our course and the Lord guides our steps. Other days are going to be filled with love and grace and light, beauty, and people and connection and relationships. Those are the days that we just love. There are going to be lots of those too. We plan the course and the Lord guides the steps. The light of his love for you is going to be on the steps you take throughout the year. And when it seems dark, you may turn around. When it seems like you're, you're, you're kind of going into that alleyway, you can turn around. And his light, his kindness, and his presence leads you back from that detour onto the path upon which you should go. I can promise you that his light will guide the course and the steps of your life because that's what living by faith in Jesus Christ, the light of the world, that's what it looks like. It's simple, really, and then it's really hard as well. And again, that's what living by faith in Jesus looks like. So you can look to the stars for their beauty, and I hope you do, because every time I look out at the expanse of the stars, I think of the greatness and the bigness of God. Surreal to see the Milky Way across the northern sky in northern Minnesota his fingerprints on the stars and the heavenly bodies that restores to me the bigness and the awesomeness of God. But the light that dawned in Bethlehem, that's, that's not from the sky necessarily, but in a home where three wise men gathered and brought gold and incense and myrrh. That light, Jesus Christ, shines for you, in you, and through you. And I pray as one who loves you dearly, that that light of Christ will warm and soften your soul and lead you into great, great places in the year that is to come. Amen.